Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. The whole process to getting him back on track was to rediscover his soul, rediscover the heartfelt reasons for why he started the company, then translate that into big ideas that can, that can actually transform their customers' lives. That's how we would turn that business around. Hey, Rudder Nation. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by 27-year veteran in the sales and marketing industry, Kurian Theracon. Now, he's out of Alberta, Canada, and he's going to share with us the seven essential stories we tell ourselves. Because really, how we accomplish and get things done in our lives really does come down to what are the stories we tell ourselves. When we hit a setback, when we find success, what we have going on inside our heads is going to help determine if we keep growing, if we sustain or if we wither away. So sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen, maybe a cold beverage, and here we go. All right. Hey, Kirian, thanks for joining me on this call. How are you doing today? Good, Jerry. Thanks for having me on your show. Awesome. And what part of Canada are you calling in from? We're up in the snowy Alberta region. I'm in Edmonton, Alberta, and you know uh, we're we're recording this in uh, in December, yes. right? And it got to minus 17 Fahrenheit here, yeah, the other day. So it was a little cold, a little treacherous on the streets, but uh, yeah, we're surviving. Awesome. And so for my listeners here, if you're listening to this in April 2023 or beyond, and you're thinking, "Man, it's so hot," hopefully. This just let you realize, oh, it's cooler. I, you know, like we just planted that seed, some cool thoughts in your head. Uh, well, Jerry's got a busy podcast. Let me tell you, it's tough <laughs> to get on the show. I keep saying yes to great people. And so it's like uh, I actually was talking about this with my wife last night. Like I have enough recordings and uh, booked guests to take me through the middle of 2023. Wow. I'd really like to either. I don't know. I, I got to start saying no to folks, but I don't want to because. I grow with each of these conversations. So yeah. there's a little, little bit of a selfish drive to keep doing these. Uh, and so I asked her, what do you think about me going to like twice a week or even daily? And she's like, you mean I'd have to hear about this every single day? And I'm like, every yeah, lunch, breakfast and dinner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what's different than what's happening to you right now? <laughs> <laughs> so that's something I'm kicking around is the idea of going either twice a week or even daily. Uh, but I, I got to kick around the idea of some more and just see if that's sustainable for me. But hey, you listening in, let me know. Uh, email me info at beyond the dot com or tweet however you're connected to me and just say, yes, go daily or go twice a week or no weekly's good, dude. I got a lot of other shows I listen to either way. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Glad we're on here. We met through Podmatch, and uh, you know it's something I really loved about your background. Uh, you you do a lot of training and development of salespeople and marketers, and you've got a long career in marketing. Um, but it's the book that you just published uh, that talks about like the seven stories that charismatic leaders tell. Uh, and I guess just diving right in, um, what is a charismatic leader? Like, what do we think of? You know, a charisma is one of those elusive definitions. Everybody thinks they know what charisma is, but until you actually read it in a Merriam-Webster dictionary and such, right? Um, most people think they know what it is, but what, what it actually is may be a bit uh, different. Here's the way I define. Charisma is the ability to make your audience 
come alive. So it's not about, hey, look how great I am. It's about the audience. It's about your customer as hero. It is about the people that are listening to you and to get them to come alive, believe in themselves, believe in the mission, and then apply all their energies to go forward. And when you are in their presence, you come into this energetic being. And when you leave their presence, they want to return to that energetic state of being, and they are looking for ways to do that. Yeah. That's what charisma is. I was just thinking about some some key leaders in my life or just in the world, and uh, I was just thinking about their message that it's not me, 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 me. You know, there there are popular leaders out there that, you know, that is all they're about. Uh, But the ones that really drive movements and and help people succeed, it's really – the inspiration they're bringing that this uh, movement in a sense. And it's like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Let's go. Uh, and then that's how they get their following. And so I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Now story. Well, I guess where do I want to go with this? Oh man, my, my mind so went in thing. five directions at the same time, Kirian. Um, but, but stories, I think you'd mentioned this to me before we even started recording that, uh, that, that there's like one story that, leaders tend to tell um, really well. And it's that that big idea that. Yeah, the big. So there's seven uh, key stories. So I so I've been in the sales and marketing business. You know, I've uh, run sales teams. I've run marketing teams. I've run integrated sales and marketing teams. And at the very beginning, you know, I was very, very. This is 35 years ago, 30 years ago. I would have been very focused on tactics. You know, selling tactics, marketing tactics and such. And what I realized is those tactics don't really work very well until you understand how you can transform people's lives. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're just coercing them. You're you know, there there's uh, various types of shenanigans going on. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we don't we don't want to be that, you know, like the bad used car lot type of scenario. So at the end of it, you know, once the customer has that product or that service in hand, do they feel they received something that they were promised? And what they were promised was in the story. So what I tell our new uh, clients right, these days is that the very first thing that anybody buys from you, the absolute very first thing is the big idea. And the big idea is a transformation story, how they can get that customer from where they are today to where they want to be. From that big idea... It's a series of key messages. It might be things like function, process, relationship. You know, there's a variety of key messages that help people understand how to implement the big idea in their life. And then finally, they buy into the following thing, a strategic narrative, which is just a story about how the big idea will impact their lives and how to bring it in so that they can take full advantage of where they are going to get to with the tools in uh, which are the the tools are simply your products and services, which are the fulfillment, which will help fulfill the promise in your story. That's all it is. So your products and services are simply the tools to fulfill the promise in your story. Now, if you notice what I've said here, with the big idea, the key messages and the strategic narrative, no one pays for that, but they got to buy it in their head. They got to pay attention to it. They only buy the products and services, but unless they buy the big idea, key messages and the strategic narrative, they won't buy into else. Yeah. And that applies even like somebody's dating life. You know, I was just thinking like, <laughs> back in the days when I was trying to convince my wife, like to go from girlfriend to wife or even, you know, acquaintance to girlfriend. Uh, 
she had to be on board with who is Jerry Dugan? What is he about? Where is he going with his life? Uh, what kind of person is he going to be on the highs and on the lows? And, and so what is the big idea for me as a person? And, and so knowing who I am on the inside is very important uh, for a dating life to become a married life. And 21 years later, she still hasn't fired me yet. So shocking. That's uh, shocking. Right? <laughs> and, uh, but even from a parenting perspective, like if you want your kids to listen to you and follow your lead, they've got to buy into who you are as a person. I mean, yeah. you could you could rule with an iron fist, but the first chance they get, they're going to rebel. They're going to take off. They're going to do their own thing anyway. Uh, but if they buy in, they'll surprise you. They'll they'll now, come Jerry, out. You know, the yeah. thing is, you know, marketing, people think marketing is all about uh, the products and services that but marketing is, you know, the core aspect of marketing is communication. Yeah. With a persuasive angle and the meaning of communication is response. If you're not getting the response you had intended, you're not communicating well, very well. Yeah. So marketing is just a series of tool sets, uh, tool sets, strategies, tactics that help you communicate better to achieve, to get the response you want, the result you want. And that other individual has to give you that result. Yeah. They, have to, they have to voluntarily give you the hearts, minds, and souls in the direction you're going. Otherwise, it never sticks. Otherwise, you've just coerced them. Otherwise, you've just tricked them into doing something. And that never goes well for anybody in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. The big idea. It, it just it makes sense. I mean, no matter what facet of life it is. And, and somebody's probably thinking, I'm not a salesperson. It's like we're always. Yes, you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody is. <laughs> You know, just asking people to go out together for a hike on a Saturday, that's selling. You know, how do you yeah. convince a group of people who probably want to sleep in to get up early, to put on some athletic shoes, get some water in a backpack and meet up somewhere out in the country to go for a hike? Exactly. Take some exactly. selling. So, you know, you're, you're, uh, there's so many, your whole life is a series of requests. And, yeah. you know, it's a series of requests to get uh, other people to provide resources, provide energy, to provide themselves uh, to achieve some kind of common result, right? That's what, what it's about. And so you are in the persuasion business, whether you want to be or not. Yeah. And and you keep making that distinction of persuading and inspiring versus um, coercing somebody or manipulating somebody. And then that's a very important distinction to make. And I'm glad you're bringing that up repeatedly. It's got It's got to be something that they they throw themselves into voluntarily because they want to be a part of it. Otherwise, it doesn't stick very well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as being a, a charismatic leader, pulling this off, you know, they're, they've got the energy, they've got the personality, but really it's that big idea. And you've mentioned that already. Um, what is it that they allow or uh, where am I going with this? It's internally for that leader. You know, they've got to be okay with people saying, no, this isn't for me. Uh, so what do they typically tell themselves so that they're, they're still pitching the big idea and they're okay if people are on board or not? Yeah. In fact, uh, you want people saying no to you. Uh, brands, by definition, a brand is simply a promise of an outcome, mm -hmm. right? So a brand is a central idea in marketing. It's the promise of an outcome, the tangible, concrete promise of an outcome. Okay. Uh, and when you hear brand promise, that's what they're talking about. Brands, by definition, have to attract your perfect customer, but that implies that you repel your imperfect customer. You know, by definition, brands are in the business of attracting and repelling at the same time. So at the very beginning of a movement, for example, uh, at the very beginning of any kind of a process where you are trying to get people to believe in you, you want true believers, 
<laughs> you want people yeah. that absolutely are hardcore true believers. And that's your central, uh, that's, that's that first ring around that leader, your first group of disciples, right? And then they propagate the message for you to that second tier and that third tier. And in fact, IBM, Procter & Gamble, does not have the money to communicate one by one to millions upon millions upon millions of people. They have to create something that is so persuasive on its face that the true believers, the disciples, transmit that message for them, right? And so they are as much in the storytelling business of that brand so that then that disciple and the true believer and then even the second tier Mm -hmm. says, you know, you really should take a look at this new uh, IBM computer. You should take a look at this new type of Tide I bought. (laughs) <laughs> Procter and Gamble. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. And that's how you communicate the message beyond the paid uh, channels that you might have to engage. Yeah. And Walt Disney World was uh, really big on any given year. I think it was like 70% of the people walking through that gate was a returning guest. Uh, and you know, even in the experience, you know, when I first took my family in 2008, you know, the, the guests were getting in on the idea of providing magical moments for other guests. Like yeah. they, they saw our like first time visit buttons on the family and, you know, we're watching like the, whatever show it was. And somebody like threw like plastic jewels and gems up in the air. And our kids are like, and it was just timed with what was on screen. And our kids were like, gems flew out of the walls and hit us. And they thought that was really happening. It was nothing other than a guest sitting behind them who just wanted to add this one little wild, bit. Eh? Wild stuff. Yes. And yeah, it's just yeah. the joy on and, their and, face. And that guest, you know, if they did that, that's a disciple. Yes. They are so bought into, into the religion of Disney. Yeah. And, the, and religion is not, you know, worshiping a God, you know, at, at its, at its, at its core, as much as it is about the common set of values mm-hmm. that the adherents of that religion uh, espouse. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just on board with the whole idea of like brand and, and community and, and having champions who just go out and, and, uh, and they're just fully on board uh, because they're the ones who, who become the super fans. They're the ones who are um, telling other people about. I mean, that's how your, your reputation precedes you is yeah. uh, hopefully champions telling people about you um you know you can also have a reputation precede you in the negative sense that you have like the anti-champion i don't know if that's a word or not but uh the folks that are like hey watch out for jerry you know he he uh i don't know well, he'll steal you your think, cheese and you're not looking <laughs> if you think at it, uh, about it the following way you know uh, great leaders that have tenure that have longevity they need one thing first mm-hmm. they need disciples Okay. Otherwise, you need that first follower. Okay. And that first follower is usually the first disciple as well. And so, and then it takes off from there. And so that can be as much about a new startup company uh, or as much uh, about a movement, you know, the whole green movement that took place in the 60s, 70s, 80s, right? You know, you needed a core group of hardcore believers in order to carry that message. And that's the only way it works. Yeah. And how do people find that that one and recognize that, that that's the one first champion for them? By, uh, by you know, a lot of ways is about standing on the street corner. <laughs> See, <laughs> it was attracted by your message. Now, street corners are different things for different people, right? Uh, the old days, it may have been a street corner, right? You have the old-fashioned revival tent, that kind of thing. Today, it might be YouTube. 
And so that's the, there's a digital street corner on YouTube and people discover your YouTube messages on a series of podcasts or whatever have you, right? And then they are attracted to your message and then they are attracted to your religion. And once again, religion is not about God necessarily because there's been thousands of religions throughout history. Thousands of religions, right? And we're down to three or four uh, core big religions now. And, you know, uh, two of them are, three of them are Abrahamic. So you have Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam, right? Now, if you take a look at it, it, Christianity has been around for, let's say, 2,100 years now. So not 2,100, 2,000 years, approximately. What am I saying? 2,100. Just a tad. (laughs) Uh, Islam has been around since the 600s. Okay, and Judaism has perhaps been around for 5,000 years, but there are only 14 million Jews in the world today, 14 million. There are 2.1 billion Christians and about 1.8 billion Muslims. Now, how did, and they're all formed a part of this Abrahamic group uh, or ideology, you know, Father Abraham. Now, one of the premises of how Christianity and Islam took off like that Boring on the tenets of Judaism is because they had better stories and they had a core aspect of their religion to proselytize, tell other people's stories, bring them into the tent. Right. And so that's how they were uh, going out and able to take off with uh, with so much uh, fervor in under 2000 years. Uh, And if you take a look at other things, you know, uh, if we take a look at other things like uh, all these other religions and there's you know Zoroastrianism has been around for thousands of years, right? You don't hear, run into a lot of Zoroastrians these days because they don't have the same kind of story complex uh, that perhaps uh, Christianity and Islam do today. And you will also find that the stories have to change over time. The stories that were changing, you know, that were, what is it, uh, told in the early days of, uh, you know, the 100s and 200s are really a lot different than uh, what they are told today. And so as, as society moves along, the stories have to adapt. The core stories are still there, yeah. you know, uh, but but a lot of how to follow the values of the religion have had to change as a result. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see like modern day examples of like Mother Teresa with Christianity. Um, you know, a big thing in Christianity is the personal testimony. You know, how does my story fit into this narrative of Jesus Christ? And, and it, it, it makes sense. It's like. This is a set of values and approach and belief. And here is a story of somebody who's been transformed by. And you said that at the very beginning, that big idea of transformation. Um, and, you know, we're applying this to you, the individual listening in of how do you tell a story that communicates your big idea, your why to those listening around you um, and then sifting through who's on board with you, who says, no, nah, that ain't me and being OK with both. Um, but, you know, also being very OK with the ones who say, no, that ain't me. Um and I love that. Once again, you yeah. want that. You want that. Yes. You know, so uh, you want people telling you as many no's as possible at the very beginning because it helps you refine your message. Yeah. You know, it helps yeah. you refine your message because, you know, if it's no for a, uh, not, a, not a great reason, then you can refine the message. If it's no for the right reason, perfect. Your yeah. message is now on track, right? Because you don't want people who are not true believers at the beginning. Yeah. And how important is it for like the big idea to have guardrails to it? What, what do you mean by guardrails? Uh, guardrails, like things I will always do, things I will never do. Yeah, well, those are values. Yeah. You know, I, you know uh, what are the central tenets of your uh, – when we talk about uh, a movement, for example. Movements, uh, you know, Christianity is a movement. 
It had to be at the very beginning. It had to be, a, you know, at the very beginning, you know, when there was a very small clusters of, uh, of communities of people, these were probably some of the most honest people in the community, right? You know, at the beginning. And uh, at that point in time, they were things that they would absolutely be known for doing. And things that, you know, they probably won't do that <laughs> because they are adherents of this central core set of values that we eventually called uh, Christianity. So the guardrails, you know, to understand what those core values are, what you will always do, what you will never do, what you might consider, but probably no, <laughs> you know, those can, are very, very important. And that'll put you offside uh, in a lot of ways. But again, when you put uh, to, to the majority of the people, but for the most part, that is also about attracting more uh, true believers. Yeah. Okay. The more people you put off, the more people you attract that are true believers. Yeah. And all this is being conveyed through story as well. Like we're talking, uh, we're talking specifically Christianity right now uh, that, you know, the New Testament and the old uh, are filled with stories of these values of, you know, hypocrisy and, you know, forgiveness and love yes. and, and those kinds of things, you know, believing in miracles. Uh, it, uh, and so the stories are there, they're compelling. Um, and you've got a book out, uh, the seven um, essential stories, charismatic leaders tell, uh, and then how to create your own seven stories. Uh, you know, well, actually, that's not the subtitle. That's my note. <laughs> create your own seven stories to move people in mountains. Uh, yep. Maybe that is, is that your subtitle? title stay with us we'll be right back and now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content if you have a business like me you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or youtube videos into cap show and it will create all your content marketing assets for you and here's the coolest part cap show is more than just a robotic ai tool it's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Well, the, the, it's uh, combining the role of culture with the power of strategic narratives to drive high performance organizations. Okay, so yeah, so that was my note. Central stories, charismatic <laughs> right? How to, but it is to how to move people in mountains with yes. the power of story. Okay, without, without question, right? Yeah, I knew that yeah. phrase was not mine. People in mountains. I was like, Wait. yeah, but you, but so. I will uh, I will say to you that uh, the way we came up with uh, the central pillars for that, and the first part of the book is all about culture. Yeah. It's the always-on operating system that drives your organization, even when there's no one around to punish or reward the behavior that's going on. People just know what to do. Yeah. And then you infuse that culture with the seven stories. So people now have a direction and, like you said, guardrails or values that they can then guide their actions into, a, into some kind of propellant to take their activities to achieve the results that the organization needs to get done. Yeah. And, and so we mentioned the big ideas, like the, the story that charismatic leaders start off with. Um, let's see. Oh, there's this really cool quote I want to throw in here. It's, it's at the beginning of your book, I believe. While not everyone can master charisma, there is one char charismatic tool that any leader can learn the power of storytelling, specifically how to communicate a strategic narrative. And, you know, we already talked about the big idea. That's where charismatic leaders tend to start. Uh, what are the other six stories that we could have in our toolkit uh, 
without giving away the whole book. You know, we still want sure. people to buy uh, well, the book. And, and, <laughs> and the book's on Amazon. I priced it really low. It's three dollars and forty nine cents. What? Want people, oh yeah, it's, it's it's not a it's not, for the Kindle version. Uh, it's uh, three forty nine. And if you're on Kindle Unlimited, you can just download it. That's, That's part true. of your subscription, right? Nice. Uh, for free. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a very inexpensive book. And plus, if you go come to my website, strategypeak.com, on the right side, you can download the infographic uh, for it and give you the seven stories, and it's all free. Um, where I got these seven stories from is I studied the great religions of the world. And great religions, uh, one of the premises for why great religions are great religions, beyond the belief in God or some deity of some kind, uh, is that they were great marketers. Okay, and there's a... One of Apple's first marketing consultants was a fellow by the name of Regis McKenna. And Regis McKenna uh, tutored Steve Jobs in the fundamentals of marketing right at the very beginning, 1976, 77, 78. And he had a great line. And he said, great marketing takes its cues from great religion, right? So great marketing takes its cues from great religion. Wow. And because because religion, great religion, and we talked about you know the four, you know, the three dominant ones today. Uh, and amongst thousands of religions that have sprung up throughout uh, human civilization, 10, 12,000 years, uh, those three have fundamental communication methods and fundamental stories that great marketers can borrow from okay? because they've already perfected this. And so when we looked at what the seven story pillars should be, we went to the great religions. And you will recognize these seven stories. So we talked about uh, – let me get right – Give you the very first one. Yeah. Creation and origin. Mm-hmm. Shocking, isn't it? That's the first book, uh, you know, Genesis in the Bible, creation and origin. How did this all begin? Uh, story two is all about our identity, beliefs, and values. Who are we as people? What are the core values that we espouse? What must we never do? What must we always aspire to? Then we got the big idea. What is that central transformation uh, concept uh, that allows you to go from where you are today to where you want to be. What is the big promise? Story four is the enemy we face. And the enemy we face, you know, we have the, you know, we have the devil, the Satan in, in religion, right? But for you and I, it might be Hurricane Ida that comes yeah. up the coast. Uh, or it might be, you know, what, what is it? Uh, uh, the upcoming election and who we fight for or fight against. Uh, it could be a lot of things. It could be, you know, uh, childhood illiteracy. It could be about the sanctity of marriage, you know, and that's a fight for thing. Okay, and childhood illiteracy is a fight against thing. We want to we want to transform that. So we have to define a common enemy that we can then project our resources again to to against to resolve. Uh, story five is the mighty winds, and the mighty winds are simply the big macro trends that uh, are powering your ship. And I say that every business, every organization, every movement is like a sail ship, not a powerboat, a sail ship. And sailing ships, you know, need wind to billow the sails, to propel it forward, okay? Without wind, you're dead in the water. You're just bobbing along, right? Now, these winds are absolutely uh, necessary to power that ship. And your ship is your business model. But the winds are the big, uh, big macro trends, societal, technological, environmental, economic, political, legislative trends. And these trends, if you're counter to the trends, your ship will capsize. If you're with the trends, you can furl those, unfurl those, uh, those sails and take full advantage of natural power, natural wind power to take it forward. Now, 1969, I think four universities uh, were connected by a little thing called 
ARPANET, which is an initiative of yeah. the Defense uh, Department, 1969, connected four universities. They were uh, able to transfer files over these telecommunication lines and such, right? And because it was funded by the Defense Department, it's sometimes called DARPANET. Well, that's the backbone of what we know, the initial genesis of what we know as the Internet which in 1994 allowed uh, the World Wide Web to be built on top of it, which allowed multi-billion dollar fortunes to be created and a completely different way of conducting business. And so that meant the absolute ascent of things like the uh, blogger, the podcaster, uh, the micro uh, media uh, personalities. Right? And it also meant the death of the small town newspaper. Mm-hmm. Okay, because advertising now shifts uh, to where uh, these big platforms are, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those kind of things. So there's an example of one of those macro trends, which started in 1969, that, you know, was lying in wait, and then it exploded in the 1990s. It laid in wait for about 20 years, and then it exploded, and it created a tsunami of change in its wake, a tidal wave of destruction, a tsunami of opportunity. And depending on which side of the wave you're on, you know, you, you were either a victim or a victor. So that, that's story number four. Uh, story number six is, so the first five stories are the left side of the, of the equation. And if those five stories are believable, then there's an equal sign and it says, well, then this is the journey we must undertake. That's mm. story number six. And because it's so believable, it's believable in the prospect's head, in your audience's head, right? Because they've come to that conclusion. They put the equal sign there, and they know now this is a journey we must undertake. And you can lay it out for them. This is how we're going to do it. And then the final story, story number seven, and this is a critical one. It's the why we will win story. Now, the why we will win story is a summary of the previous six stories in a shorter form, right? But then it adds what we call our keystone elements. And keystone elements guarantee the win in your audience's mind. And keystone elements, uh, there's hundreds of keystones, but common keystones are things like that, superior people, superior technology, uh, moral cause, we have to win, death ground, right? You know, those, those are very common keystones. But when you combine these stories together, they are so powerfully persuasive when they're believable. They are so powerfully persuasive that your audience persuades themselves. Those wow. are the seven stories. Y'all got to get a copy of that book. <laughs> I'm getting one. <laughs> awesome. Uh, now, if folks want to get more from you, from your organization, uh, of course, there's the book. They can get it on Amazon, uh, Seven Essential Stories Charismatic Leaders Tell. Uh, but where can they find Kyrian? Well, they can find Kyrian at uh, strategypeak.com, which is strategy and then mountainpeak.com, all one word. And, uh, like I said, come to the uh, come to the website. There's all my contact details there. But on the right side, you can download an infographic of these seven stories, and it gives you little details on how to apply it and, and such. And you can take a lot of it just away just from that, right? So please do that, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Awesome. And before we go, Kirian, any final words of wisdom you want to share? So you're in the leadership business. I'm in the leadership business, and whether it's you know personal leadership or an organization or market leadership with your products and services, right? And one of the quotes that I have in my in my book is the following, and I honestly believe this, which is why I said it, right? When someone loses their way, it's almost always because they've lost their story. 
when they regain their story, they will regain their way. And we all have moments where we wonder, what are we doing? What are we, uh, what is it? Uh, what are we at? Have we achieved? How will we get to where we thought we were going? You know, usually this is the beginning of a midlife crisis of some kind, right? And if I ever take a look at uh, clients that have lost their way, I go back to their origin story. Why did you start this business? Why did you start this business? And I had a client of mine just a couple of years ago. And uh, and I asked him, you know, why is it like this? And it, it, it was an absolute disaster. Lots of things were going badly. And he said, you know what, Kieran, I wrote that down one day. I wrote that one, down one day when I first started this business. And he went and found a one-pager of, uh, of the stories. And in it was the most succinct, most clear reason why he started the company, which had no bearing to what the company looked like today. Wow. Right. He had completely missed the soul, the heart and soul of the business. And it, and it turned into just trying to make money. And the whole process to getting him back on track was to rediscover his soul, rediscover the heartfelt reasons for why he started the company. Then translate that into big ideas that, I can, that can actually transform their customers' lives. That's how we would turn that business around. Wow. I love that. And you, you wrapped it up with a story as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, probably a cautionary tale like, hey, as you're branching out of this new adventure, Jerry, remember the soul of why. Beyond the Rut started and everything else that comes with it. Kieran, it was great to have you on this show. I'm glad that we were able to connect and uh, get this pulled together as quickly as we did. Jerry, thanks for having me on your show. Now, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation like I did. And if you want to learn more, just go to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 357. There you'll find links to Kurian's website, his book, related episodes, and more. Now, if you're looking to examine yourself and see what are the stories you are telling yourself, I invite you to buy my book, Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. It'll take you on a three-part journey to recognize whatever ruts you might be in, understand where it is you want to go, and then take action to get there. It's been out since March. You can find it on Amazon.com. But if you forgot all that, but you got yourself to the show notes, then go ahead and click that link. Go buy yourself a copy. And then if you want to buy a copy for a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street, you can do that. In fact, you'll have a tangible copy. You can just hand it right over. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I look forward to joining you again on the next one. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P, S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.